Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia from the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. One o'clock. It's time for VGN Radio on a uh, overcast, somewhat depressing Saturday afternoon. Because guys, Jordan Matthews is in Buffalo. Who's depressed? Oh, right, nobody in this room, and they shouldn't be. You should not be depressed that Jordan Matthews got traded yesterday. Now, Carson Wentz was a little sad. I'm sure his teammates were really sad. He's a stand-up guy. He worked really hard while he was here. He was the most productive wide receiver in a bad wide receiving group. But ladies and gentlemen, getting a starting corner for a third-round pick, because that's pretty much what it was, as Les Bowen now has tweeted out in the last hour or two, that Buffalo has not even approached contract talks with Jordan Matthews. That's something you would usually do for a guy with an expiring contract that you would want to keep right away. So Jordan Matthews essentially was a throw-in in this deal And that's okay. If you're going to spend a third-round pick on a team that desperately needed a corner, we've been saying it all offseason, they couldn't roll in with what they had in their secondary here. James, I love this trade. We'll get to Darby specifically in a second, but I love this trade. I am right there with you, John. I I couldn't be happier about it. Like you said, like we're finally starting to see, look, the NBA and Major League Baseball has been doing this for years, right? The expiring contract, using it as an asset to trade something for instead of just letting the, I mean, there was a 0% chance that Jordan Matthews was going to be on this team next year. He's going to cost more money than they have or want to pay him. So, you know, you're getting a starting cornerback here. I mean, you mentioned Carson Wentz, and he was so happy he drove him to the airport. And actually, like, <laughs> what a how nice many guy. callers have we had say, I'll drive him to the airport, I'll drive him myself. Like, Carson Wentz did it because he's a wonderful guy, not because he was so happy to see Matthews go. 
But I think ultimately, uh, uh, Brandon, I, I'm, are you on the same side of me and John? In my mind, a no-brainer, absolute win for the Eagles. It was the right trade to make. Jordan Matthews, as you said, James, and that, I don't think that's something people really grasp enough, that the fact that, look, he was gone after this year. He was not coming back. You can say, oh, but what if Alshon Jeffrey gets hurt? What if Torrey Smith doesn't work out? Guess what? You still need a new number one wide receiver because Jordan Matthews is not a number one wide receiver, and you would have to pay him like one, or at least pretty a pretty penny. I think uh, online I saw he's projected to get Five years at over $50 million. I'm not paying him no. that deal. The Eagles shouldn't pay him that deal. And even if they wanted to, they couldn't. They still have to sign Alshon. They're going to have to re-sign Timmy Jernigan, Nigel Bradham. You have to extend Jordan Hicks. So they have to spend money. And right now, they're projected to not have a lot of cap space next year. The Jordan Matthews trade was going to happen sooner or later. We were all reading the tea leaves for a long time now. We knew it was going to happen. Vince Quinn and I were here. Last week in studio when I fired you guys when you were, <laughs> when you were outside. Um, that's right. We're so, back. So it had to happen, and it did happen, and they got a corner, so that's great. Yeah, and, and, and not just – here's the thing. I've heard a lot from certain beat writers, from certain guys that are coming around and saying, like, oh, he's just average. There's a lot of people that, again, stop quoting PFF. I think we're – I think we've gotten to the point now where they declare the Eagles as the number one offensive line, and then you look at the crap that happened during the preseason game and go, okay, clearly they're wrong here. And despite whatever you want to cherry pick from there, whether it's like, oh, his rookie year, he was the 15th best corner, and last year Nolan Carroll was better than him. Listen, Ronald Darby is so much better than Nolan Carroll, first of all. Let's just <laughs> let's just wipe that away from our minds. This is a guy that I really loved coming out of Florida State. I, I and, and again... This is the, the Chip Kelly and the regime took Eric Rowe over him, which at the time I thought was okay because I, I was an Eric Rowe fan, and I still am. And, by the way, how he should get praised for this regardless of that situation because Eric Rowe is not going to save this franchise from being a shutdown corner either way. I think we can all agree on that, whether you love him or hate him or wish he wasn't here. Sure, they got themselves into a spot where they didn't have a lot of secondary help, but, hey, guess what? It's been going on for seven years and wasn't just Howie either. That being said, Darby is an instant fit in here. Now, I'm not going to go and, and go crazy and be like, oh, he's a shutdown corner and you guys don't know what you're talking about. He is a good corner that fits this system so well, especially if we are banking on that pass rush being what we think it's going to be with rotation of defensive ends with Timmy Jernigan in here. All season long, we were asking, can the corners just cover for an extra half a second? Can Brandon Graham finally just finish those pressures, those hurries, those all the things that people, you know, kind of knock that defensive line is like, well, hurries don't count as sacks. This guy will count as sacks. That's the important part here. You can feel a little more comfortable about Patrick Robinson heading into the nickel and staying there, backing up Ron Brooks. You can feel a little more comfortable about Jalen Mills being on the other side. This kid and the differences, and Ben Deton pointed this out on our podcast at BGN underscore radio yesterday, which you can Certainly listen to after this program, the first year in Rex Ryan's defense, they said, just go cover this guy. We'll take care of the rest. And the Buffalo Bills pass rushing ability during that year was great. And you saw it. And that's why he had a great rookie year. They threw a ton at him the next year. Not so great. Simplify it for this kid. And I think he's going to be a great corner here. Yeah, John, I think you hit on some really important stuff there, and it's the scheme fit is so perfect. And the reason that Chip Kelly took Rowe over Darby, a lot of people liked Darby more than Rowe at the time 
row fit the the size that he wanted. You know, the the specifications. Row was big bigger. and little and small. E- exactly like that. <laughs> that's what it was. That was the reason. And, and I'm an Eric Rowe guy too. But Darby, if you go back and watch his rookie year, like for a rookie stepping in at qu- the cornerback position, which we always talk about, is really hard to do. He was. Terrific. He was almost as good as Marcus Peters as a rookie that year. And like you said, John, last year, they two years ago, they led the league in sacks, the Bills. Yep. They had a terrific front seven. Last year, injuries, issues across the line was a, a much different defense. You can't look at you have to look at the the years in, you know, by themselves and not the whole whole thing. I, I feel very confident about that. By the way, also everyone got fired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just throwing that out exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, everyone got fired. And, and like you said, John, I, I think uh, when you look at it, at the other point that's really important, and um, you know, we'll talk about the preseason game at some point, but uh, I thought for limited action, Jalen Mills played pretty well. And you think about him going up against number twos instead of number ones, BLG, that, that's, that's huge. It is big, James. Uh, I want to get back to Darby for a second here. I was talking to Glenn a little bit before the show. He had mentioned that there was a change in position coach last year, which kind of affected Darby a little bit, apparently, as one of the Bills writers that they had on said that. That's an interesting thing. Here's another interesting thing that I saw last night when I was looking up. I saw a film. I think John tweeted it out, a video of Ron Darby going up against Odell Beckham Jr. in 2015. Had a really good game. Just going by the film alone, I looked up the numbers. In that game, Odell Beckham Jr. had his lowest yards per reception mm-hmm. In his career, only 7.6. So he had about like only 32 yards on five catches. So basically, Odo Beckham Jr. had the worst game of his career going up against Ronald Darby. I'd say that's a pretty good thing considering these guys are going to face off twice a year now. And if we're talking about, you know, flaws in players and things like that, the flaws and differences between a guy like Jordan Matthews at his position versus Darby at his position are dramatically different. Now, there's there's some downsides to his game. I mean, his hands are tiny. That's why you're not mm-hmm. seeing interceptions. That was one of the knocks that was coming out in college. A lot of pass breakups, though. So you know that's that that's going to be you know very efficient in this defense once again. I do think at times it, I I don't want to say freestyle, but there are coverage problems. There are issues of like where am I supposed to be? There's there's a because due to his aggressiveness. So that's that's what's there. But the flip side of his aggressiveness is things like I'm going to try and bait the quarterback right here to make him think I'm going to the slant and have enough catch up speed to go catch the guy that's going downfield because I know where he's going and try and get a pick, a, a pass breakup or whatever. His closing speed is crazy. That is something that the Eagles don't have anything with their cornerbacks, Jalen Mills and everybody included right now. Yeah, I think bringing up his closing speed is a great point, John, because he does, like Jalen Mills, a perfect kind of counter to that where Mills' is t- technique is pretty solid and he's good you know, in, in being physical, but he doesn't have that same type of closing speed that Darby does. Great point there. And also from a macro perspective, and I'm sure we'll get into the Zeke suspension as well, but with that suspension being handed down, uh, you know, this division all of a sudden much more interesting for this Eagles team. And then they go out and they fill the one legitimate hole on their team without taking too much away from the offense as it is now. I, man, I mean, are you how could you not be excited about that as an Eagles fan? 888-729-9494. There are plenty of people who I, you know, had, had discussions with on the Twitter.com <laughs> of course. that are still not happy with this. And I want to get to your phone calls in just a second. But this is the one thing that I've been hearing a lot. And I think I heard it on Glenn and Ray show brought up as well. If Alshon goes down, well, then you're in trouble because you could have used Jordan Matthews there. Let me just tell you this to everybody. If Alshon Jeffrey goes down, there is no one on this team that can replace him. Zero. Not Torrey Smith, 
not Matt Collins, not Nelson Aguilar, not Jordan Matthews, not Marcus Johnson, no one, no one. So the gap to fill, like, how did suddenly Jordan Matthews become a number one wide receiver <laughs> in that? You know, he was on bad football teams. He was the best part of that, and he still wasn't great when it was coming to a lot of those things that are coming through there. So we want to get uh, your perspectives as well. Let's go to Mike in Tampa. What's going on, buddy? You're on BGN Radio. Hey, so I'll just call in. Uh, I want to talk about the Darby and Matthews trade. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's one. Uh, there's a bunch of reasons why I like this trade, but there's one I really want to talk about, and it just makes this team so much better. Um, I, lo- I look at the wide receiver position and definitely in the slot, and I just don't think there's any really drop-off because I think Peterson, he wants to incorporate, you know, Pumphrey in the slot and Burton in the slot, the direct trade-off between Nelson and uh, Jordan Matthews. I think he wants to do a bunch of different looks, and I think he wants to do a lot of three tight end, you know, two running back kind of, you know, weird stuff where he just has Alshon and Torrey out there and then just a bunch of different looks. Um, So I just – I don't really see any drop-off. And then I just see our cornerback group is so much better with Darby. I mean, and especially the, in the next uh, after this season as well, with when Cindy Jones is fully healthy. Now you're dealing with Douglas, you know, Douglas and, and Jones and him. And uh, by the way, so uh, also the dreads factor very important because Sidney Jones yeah. net has so Rizul Douglas needs to grow out his hair. That's that's the point. Period. I was making he today. doesn't have a choice. Yeah. Non negotiable. <laughs> and then I just have one more thing. Sure. Um, just a question for you guys. Uh, when was the last time you've seen this much talent on the roster across the board? For an Eagles out, I, I personally haven't in a while. It just seems like there's so much talent across the board, and I love it, honestly. Well, I appreciate the call, Mike. I don't know if, and I know people are getting excited. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I like this. This team isn't that like stacked. I mean, yet. talent-wise, it, they for Chip's first year, I think that team was just as quote unquote talented as this team is. Yeah. Minus no, well, the quarterback it's, it's is the difference. Two thousand thirteen was pretty, pretty dog. defense. Yeah. yeah, yeah, on the offensively for sure, yeah, yeah. more talented. But I think this is the. I think this is one of the most talented defenses. Yes, that that, I've, that we've seen in a while. Since I don't, like I, the the good old days. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah. think that is absolutely true. I, I think it has the potential of the Jim Johnson feel, where there's just a lot that's going to be thrown at you and. Uh, you know, pressure coming from here. Obviously, it's two completely different systems, but yeah, not it'll as have much that, blitzing, obviously, and it, whatnot. It'll sure. have that feel because I think the the rotation and 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 by the way, can we just pat ourselves yes. on the back for yes. a little bit here? Is is no one excited about Derek Barnett oh, yet? God. Good lord, man! And and again today, because BLG and I were down there at practice, just freaking shedding and pumping Jason Peters and almost tackle for a loss in the backfield. Like, good lord! I know. Look, it's it's Jason Spriggs. There's not like a ton of Oh, Jason Spriggs is the best left tackle ever. But that's an NFL pro. It's a guy that started a he lot was a and he had no trouble. Pick last year. No I mean, trouble. that's a yeah. no trouble. And great, you're right, but it was still a guy who was a second round pick who was an NFL player. Who I loved, I'm, by the yeah, way. Yeah, and I like Spriggs too. And I still don't, I think he could be something long term. Like, let's yeah. not, he was a second round pick last year and it's O line. But I think that's the point, John, is he looked significantly more advanced than a guy who was a second-round pick last year and played a year in the league. Yeah, his hands are just ridiculous, man. Like I'm, I, I have to stop from smiling every time I see him just constantly, you know, in the preseason game, which I'm sure we'll break down in the second hour here, and just everything that we continue to see at practice here at BLG. Like, that motor. guy... That guy is going to be a really good football player. Why would you listen to any other <laughs> podcast or radio show? Yeah, that's right. We're telling you all along that he was really good. And, John, you know, you especially were saying, why aren't people more excited about Derek Barnett? I don't think that's going to be a problem for too much longer if we keep seeing him play this well in preseason. He had two sacks, two tackles for loss. 
He hit the quarterback an additional two times in addition to those things. He looks good. I do want to see him against starters now, like as we're yes. talking Absolutely. about the podcast. That's the next step. I do, you know, we're seeing it in practice against Jason Peters, but I want to see him in preseason action going up against some of these starters and see how he does against them. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, and I just want to get to, to get back to the slot thing too, where there's just, you know, all these different moving pieces, which Mike pointed out. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure about Pumphrey <laughs> as much anymore yeah. than, uh, than I might've originally thought, especially the preseason game he had some fumbleitis that was happening again today. Uh, but I, I here, here's what's funny is there are a lot of people that were automatically placed Mac Collins in that slot position. And I don't know what you're talking about. Because he's the outside guy. He's an outside guy. And that's what is going to continue to happen. No matter if it's Daniel Jeremiah telling you and just laying like, hey, guys, for better or for worse, Nelson Aguilar is going to be in the slot. And I know the the one attempt that he had to catch for an easy touchdown, he dropped. You yeah. know, you can say high pass again. I actually, the, the game was on, so we were watching it the replay of it. That Definitely 1,000% <laughs> catchable. <laughs> you can't, can't get too much better than that it as far right as a throw. It's right, right there. there. We blame Zach Ertz for basically the same thing last year. So uh, for better or for worse, that's that's how it's going to be. You know, and sure, they do have other options when they're running. In 11 personnel, you might see something different when there's guys out there, 21, 22, yeah, whatever it is. you could see it, Ertz out yeah. in the slot standing up. You could see Sproles shifting from the backfield. They'll, they'll do stuff, but. They did some funky things, too, where, you know, uh, Pumphrey was out wide, and then you saw Matt Collins in the slot, but that's the only time that you saw that, so. Mac Allen's an outdoor, out, an outdoor wide receiver. Yeah, he's not. He guess what? He's not in the arena league. He can't he's, play he's, inside, John. <laughs> Domes are his issue. He can. He can play both. And man, I, I cannot. I that the stiff arm is is continuously oh, yeah. replaying in my head. I love that. He's a big boy, man. I'm really excited. And he's fast. Absolutely. We didn't get to see the speed as much. He's fast. Too. Yeah, he is. He is. Uh, let's go to David in New Mexico. David, what's going on, pal? How are you? Good to hear from you, gentlemen. How are we? Fantastic. Uh, just. Two things, real quick about first of all about the trade. The George Matthews trade just made the wide receiving core faster. All right, then that's all I can see. They made him. I like George Matthews. I think he's a good guy. Yes. But I think what happens when when you lose him, a you put a lot more pressure on 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 Nelson Aguilar psychologically. That's got to hit him. Which you I know, think he, that drop. which I think Jimmy Kemsky pointed out. He's like, hey, uh, yeah. yeah, all the pressure's on it's you, which is put, which it, has it, worked it, out it, great. <laughs> exactly, yeah. and that's exactly my point. I say he was doing so well in, in training camp and in, in OTAs and whatnot because he didn't have any pressure on him. Pressure's back on him now because you know his security blanket, or at least the person who was in front of him, is now gone. If he steps up, if he steps up. It's a good thing because I think he's a lot faster than Jordan. I think he's yeah. a little shifty, but he can also return kicks and punts. So, I, and again, like last time I called, I want to see this guy do well. I want to see him succeed. But uh, it's, it's all on him now. And he doesn't have any excuses, and he certainly doesn't have any, uh, uh, he doesn't have any crutches. So he's going to have mm-hmm. to go out there and just, and, and just play. The other thing is that I've been telling everybody since he was drafted, the kid is going to hit the ground running. I've been telling everybody, Mac Hollins is the man. He is a big, strong fast, striding wide receiver. When I saw that stiff arm, I was like, you have got to be kidding me. He just did that. He just did that to a guy in his first preseason game. Yeah. Preseason game. And it, like it was nothing. One of those little chicken wing things. I yeah. mean, he looked like a running back. He looked like, you know, uh, like a fullback going down there and slamming that guy's head like that. And this guy is six, four. Yeah. He is, a, he is going to be a legit wide receiver. And Tory Smith, if he's going to have eyes in the back of his head of somebody taking his spot, if Mac Hollins comes out and just plays the way he's the way he, I know he can play, because everybody said he was a big play receiver at uh, 
at Carolina, but he, you know, he scored like 20 touchdowns out of 80 receptions. One okay, out of every pretty, one out of every four passes was insane. a touchdown. Uh, yeah, yeah, and with basic math, which I'm terrible at, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. No, I did, so, David. So, I, we, so I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely, man. We appreciate the call as always, buddy. And that's where. And I, hey, I'm willing to eat some crow here because I didn't. I didn't understand yeah. the pick. No, I, I don't. Like, <laughs> I, uh, unlike my partner BLG, who has called him a Hall of Famer since day one. Uh, no, not actually a Hall of Famer, but that's that's kind of the moniker that we've thrown him because it's like, uh, all right, come on, has, right? good I mean, lord, like, how could, how good could he be? But uh, he is showing that. Although I will say, uh, the first attempt in uh, in full team thud today, he did drop the pass. So the Bills won the trade, guys. I'm sorry. What? Oh <laughs> man. Well, no, but and 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 it is kind of the Mac Collins legend has kind of been one of the the more interesting, you know, sub, it's fun. It's yeah. fun. And obviously he's a really quirky, interesting, fun guy. So I think a lot of it comes from that, but I, I just want to make sure we don't put too much on this kid too quickly because, sure. yeah. because I, I, again, like while we love what we saw and stuff, you know, it, it's the preseason. Everything's been training camp. We still need to see, you know, something. So I, I like Tory Smith's job is not in jeopardy in my mind. I don't think Matt Collins is on his heels yet. Uh, but I think what we're seeing for the long-term potential is obviously incredibly exciting for a fourth-round pick. Oh, especially. yeah, absolutely. And and just that that kind of, listen, some people put the, the Mike Evans light tag on him, and I was just like, okay, come on, <laughs> relax. But you can kind of see I those think, yeah, flashes yeah. now. I'm not saying that he's that, but it's a good start. It would be a lot worse if he wasn't. So that's, that's where we're coming through here. We're going to uh, stick uh, to your calls when we come back. Uh, break down this Derby trade a lot more and uh, go over some preseason. It's right here on BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. I tell you what, when our on-air road producer brings in some treats to the studio, we're really flying. It's BGN Radio. <laughs> Right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Obviously, there's a lot of reaction to the the Derby and uh, Jordan Matthews trade. Ed Bacon was just coming in here and letting us know all the different audio that he was grabbing down in the locker room that we couldn't because we had to race here. And, uh, you know, Zach Ertz, I think, sounded like he took it the worst. They were all went to dinner last night with Carson Wentz and hung out, and there was a lot of different folks that were saying, I got to find a new Jordan Matthews, and... That's the impact of the locker room there. Like that, I, I would never take that away from him. He is one of those guys. He was the leader of this team on on a, a you know really bad talented team. He always tried to keep guys going, keep uh, you know the workouts going and all that good yeah, stuff. Yeah, as a as a person, you can't do much better in the NFL than Jordan Matthews. Just a terrific guy, a really hard worker. You know, worked his butt off. Um, all that type of stuff. And lo- like you said, man, the impact on the, I mean, Zach Ertz said like he was a, like closest person to him on the team. Seems like he really took it hard. Obviously Wentz driving him to the airport and all that. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things, you know, it's a, it's a bummer, but at the same time, it, it's a business and I think they all understand. And that. I think Wentz, uh, it sounded like Wentz took it the worst today when we sat and talked to him. You know, it's tough. You know, it's one of those things where personal side of things, I mean, the football side of things, the football side of things, you just got to trust what they're doing upstairs. You know, ultimately, um, they're the ones that make those decisions and um, what they think is the best for the team. Um, I'm going to be in support of 100%. You know, they haven't let me down or haven't let this team down yet. But um, on the personal side, it's tough. 
I do think it's funny that Carson Wentz says, well, the front office hasn't let me down yet. I'm like, oh, yeah. you just wait, sir. Yeah. You, you haven't had just enough time wait. yet, brother. Come on. Come on. Uh, they let us down. I'll tell you that. You could tell that like it, it's, it, it impacted those guys yeah. that were there. I mean, sure, there's been a lot of shuffling in and out, and um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's sad for them. I'm sure they'll get over it once if this football team starts winning, though. So. Yeah, when, winning cares all. I, it's, a, it's a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. Uh, if I if I my eyes are looking at this thing correctly, I believe that this is Neil Dutton yes! from uh, all the way out there in the UK in Liverpool checking in right now. Neil, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm very well. Yes. How are you? Oh, doing fantastic. Up, there brother. he is. How are you? Uh, so for those of you that are uh, maybe enjoying this in the podcast feed or somehow you're listening to us live in the UK, we have a small group of uh, dedicated fans on the BGN Radio UK page on Facebook. Go search that out. Neil, what's going on today, buddy? How are you? I'm very, very well. I say, the, you know, there's some football has been on. We can watch it and we can moan about things that actually happened rather than just vague conjecture. It's wonderful. Yeah, and well, and it's it's the it's the kickoff of the Premier League out, out for you. So you, you're all footballed up all over the place, I'm assuming. Oh, it's coming up my ears. Uh, honestly, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm yet... I, as as I look at the TV right now, there is Paw Patrol on it instead. So, <laughs> so what do you uh, what do you make so of the uh, what do you make of the trade, Neil? What's uh, I mean, like we we all seem pretty positive about it. Um, do you do you like the deal that they made? Absolutely. Um, I think you know George Matthews, as we say, has been you know a good soldier. He sounds like you know the type of person I would want either of my daughters to marry, but they're four and eighteen months old, so they'll have to wait. And <laughs> um, just seem like it's. It, he, he does seem a wonderful chap, and he has been productive, but let's be honest, he wasn't going to be there uh, after this season. And we're getting a quality cornerback uh, who Jim Schwartz has had in the past. You know, he, know, he knows his strengths, and we get him for, under control for two, maybe three years. I like the trade. I think Howie Roseman actually is a wizard. He can be at some uh, points, yeah. yeah, a little bit. I mean, with the trades and the cap, and the, he's, he gets wizardy. And the thing, the thing about it, Neil, is that that's the thing that we had talked about on the podcast. It always just seems when the Eagles and Bills have a deal in place, the Bills always end up looking pretty silly, minus probably the Kiko McCoy thing. But other than that, I mean, Jason Peters, Bryce Brown for a fourth. Uh, I know it's a new front office and stuff, but I feel pretty confident they'll get the better end of the deal. It, it does feel a bit like picking on the fat kid at school uh, when it comes when the Eagles, you know, when the Eagles are, are trading with the Bills. It just seems that you know they know they're going to get screwed, but they go in anyway. It's, yeah, it's quite charming in a way. <laughs> it's quite charming. I love it, Neil. We appreciate Ali, the call, buddy. Thank you so Neil. much, man. And uh, yeah, that's that's, uh, awesome. that's that's why we love doing the show. Oh that's, my that's god, I wish I could talk like that. I would talk in a British accent nonstop, a hundred percent of the time, every single day. Oh yeah, so I thought, I thought, I thought there was more. <laughs> I was waiting for. I thought you were <laughs> No, that was great. It was nice to hear from uh, from Neil. He made some uh, some good points. As Fantastic. Well, well wait, uh, a guy that I I definitely know I owe dinner to. Yes, uh, Lenny from Pittman has has come out of the woodwork finally. Lenny, it's good to hear your voice, pal. Hello, John. How are you? Good. I, the steaks are purchased, man. You just got to tell me when I got to throw them on the grill. Nah, hey, John, you know something? I'm from England. How are you today this morning, buddy? You are a welcher. Whoa, whoa, what is this? Uh, what is this? You come on here. I remember it distinctly. You gave me a game, and I said, well, 
The score will be 24. I find it hard to believe, Lenny, that the Eagles would give. I said, I find it hard to believe they would score 24. And then I gave you a double down. I I took the Northeast. I said, 11-5 is not, uh, you know something, man, it's it's redundant. It is redundant. (laughs) But I'm going to show you the type of guy I am because I'm related to James Seltzer. (laughs) James Seltzer is an honest citizen. And I'm I'm, I'm going to give you another one. Ezekiel Elliott will still – let's say he serves the six games. He still will gain more yards than any Eagle running back. Oh, that's true. That, that, is, yeah, that, is, that, is, that is true. That is 100% true. Yeah. Okay, it, so, we, so we'll nix that one. I'll tell you what. I'm going to show you the type of guy I am again. You <laughs> give me you give me your 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 bet. My, I, I See, I uh, I don't know if I have one ready to go at, at this point. I'll say uh, – here you go, Lenny, because you'll love this one. I can't wait to hear your scream. Nelson Aguilar – We'll have at least 600 yards this year. And what? Driving mileage? <laughs> what, mileage? Airline mileage? Yeah, something like that. You know, you got to rack up the points somehow. Maybe it's, maybe it's holiday. Right. Maybe well, it's whatever. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm a good guy, man. I'm from Pittman. Come on. Team that actually does win championships, Pittman. All right. Where are we going now? 600 yards in what? 600 yards on the season. That's all. For what? Walking to the huddle or what? What are we talking about here? <laughs> Receiving yards. What are you talking about? Lenny. you got to be kidding me. There it is. There it is, Lenny. Oh, we appreciate it, man. Listen, if you want to, if you want dinner anytime, you know where to find me. I'll be here on Saturday. I'll so. tell you what. Why don't you just send me a gift card for that? <laughs> yeah. so we, we will do so, Lenny. Thanks uh, for the call, buddy. Uh, that's uh, Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy how there is, you know, it, in, in one moment during that preseason game, after – We've seen, we've been down there for a while. We see Nelson Aguilar performing really well in practice, a new attitude, a new mentality, a new whatever. And everybody jumps off that whole hype train just like that <laughs> with one play. It was one play. Well, and two, suddenly, but yeah. Because well, of the jet sweep? Yeah, I just, you know, oh, and look, God. it was bad blocking, but hit it harder. Hit it like an NFL player. He doesn't do that. He always bounces outside instead of go. He was inches. Just dive forward. You're going to right. Just fall to your right-hand side, and you'll get the first down. Instead, he's always got to bounce it out, and it always ends up failing. Everything is for naught. The whole offseason. <laughs> <laughs> Two plays, it's all over. It's all yeah, done. just nobody well, nobody yeah, cover training no, camp no. anymore. Just well, shut it, it down. Is, and... is covering training, that's the point, though, Is and we've said this a bunch of times on yeah. the podcast at BGN underscore radio. Nelson Aguilar has to do it in a game. Like, I, yeah. I don't care what he does. He could be the best practice player in the history of any sports practice ever in the history of the world. <laughs> but even and if I he, won't believe it until I see him do it in a game. Even if he did well in that preseason game, everybody would just say, oh, it's just he was just a couple of snaps. Yeah, everybody that's relax. That's fine. In a regular season NFL game, I need to see Nelson Aguilar do <laughs> it right. before I'm going to believe in that I guy. think that's pretty much Fair. pretty much everybody across the board there, too. Let's go to Lou in uh, Cesar County. What's going on, Lou? Hey, how y'all doing today? Good, man. Uh, I'm actually pretty excited about this trade. I, um, after I heard about it, once I got back home from work, I went and dove into some film because I'm not really a listen-to-the-media type of guy when it mm-hmm. comes to certain things. Because, uh, you know, I'm not, not – now, you guys are accurate when it comes to, at least in my opinion, uh, opinions of on players and critiquing them and stuff, especially listening to people like Ray Diddy. He's a legend. So I definitely Absolutely. listen to him. Um, some people, but then uh, I had to look, I had to see it for myself because I don't like talking trash to people and not having some facts to back it up. And one <laughs> game I was definitely excited to go back and look at because you know, you go on YouTube and type 
whatever game you want, and the full game will come up. Somebody has it on there. So uh, I went back and watched him play against Odell Beckham and, like, actually watched him. Like, you know, not just the highlights, but even the plays where he catches the ball or beats him and stuff like that. Man, this kid, if he gets back to – Oh my goodness! I'm over here. I can't even get it out. I'm so like <laughs> looking at everything because you're just thinking about the predicament it puts us in. Instead of having to fill two holes, now it's one. And Sidney Jones is such a question mark. If he comes back and he's healthy, and this guy can get back to the way he was playing at Washington, good lord! You're talking about that now. It went from a question mark to one of the strengths on the team if both of these guys can play to their potential. So it's just something to really be excited about. I definitely tipped the cap to J-Matt. He was a, a great guy. Um, definitely from meeting him at the Eagles training camps and stuff like that, he was always great. Took pictures, signed autographs, all of that stuff. Um, listening to the different teammates talk about him, stuff like that. Um, I definitely wish him the best. But, you know, um, I, de- I do think we won right now because, like everybody's been saying, I do feel like we've seen his ceiling. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, Lou. We're uh, and and again, we're we're really pumped. And you know, BLG, that was kind of your point earlier. You're just <laughs> when you look at the film against uh, the top wide receivers. And listen, Howie Roseman even said the same thing about he. We, they played the NFC East two years ago. It's one of the bigger reasons why you know we made this deal. And again, if you simplify it just to what he did in his rookie year, I think that's where his best strengths are. I think that's what Jim Schwartz recognizes, and I think you should be excited about it. 33 pass breakups in two years. That's a lot of pass breakups. Uh, some of those, some more of those should have been interceptions. You know, I mean, his two picks, that's kind of the knock on him. Doesn't have great hands. So that's kind of, you know, the, the, the downside to it. But, you know, if you're getting 33 pass breakups in two years, you're breaking up a ton of passes, obviously. And it's good to see him active like that. Again, I really like uh, watching Darby at Florida State. When I, I wouldn't even be watching him. I'd just be watching, you know, a Florida State game and, I was like, who's that cornerback? And it was sure enough, it was Darby. Um, definitely a promising player. And thinking about next year and having Darby on the outside and having Sidney Jones there and just thinking about how we could potentially go from that to how bad the Eagles cornerbacks have been, it's, it's really fun to think about. Yeah, and just real quick on the OBJ thing, just the fact that he has shown that he can do that is huge for me. Just the ability that he has yes. that in yeah, him yeah, absolutely. is huge. And uh, by the way, Terrence Brooks, Timmy Jernigan, Ronald Darby, all a part of that FSU championship. Team. Yeah, oh, that's so, a great point. Yes. They're all uh they're all back, and I'm sure they had a little bit of input in there, not like to persuade either way, but who is this guy and, and how does he do? And that's pretty awesome. And hopefully they can uh display the same things that they, they did there. And Terrence I gotta say, Terrence Brooks yes. has had a phenomenal camp and he just he's around he the boys hitting everything. He looked good in the preseason game yeah, too. He, he flashed a little bit. So exciting uh, that uh hey, look, for for all the next Dawkinses that we've tried to <laughs> muster up, uh the Eagles have too many safeties now. So more on that and uh we want to get your reactions too. It's BGN Radio on Sports Radio ninety four WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio ninety four WIP. Boy, oh boy, are there some takes on this Jordan Matthews stuff, man. This is, I mean, like, I understand if you are like, ah, oh, man, I, I really liked him here. Jordan Matthews was a solid guy. He was a pretty good wide receiver. Only receiver you could count on. Yeah, but, like, th- th- to get into some takes where it's like, oh, my gosh, now you've made the franchise quarterback upset, <laughs> oh, and now this is a this is a, a huge loss. I almost feel like we're having an Oakford debate, except it's with Jordan Matthews. And let me preface with 
Uh, Okafor is a really nice, not not as nice as Jordan Matthews. Yeah, and not as good a player. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, but it feels like the same vein of like, well, you would have insurance for Embiid because you have Okafor. No, it's the same thing as like, well, you got insurance for Alshon with Jordan Matthews. No, listen. Carson Wentz is going to get over this. Why? Because it's his second year in the league. They haven't been playing together for 10 years. They will remain friends. And I'm sure once Buffalo releases him or doesn't resign him next year, I should say, then maybe there might be an opportunity for a small reunion. I don't know, but relax. It's going to be okay. Yeah, Jordan Matthews isn't dying, all right? He's just getting traded to another team. Like, let's not make yeah. it. Like, Carson Wentz <laughs> is never going to be able to recover. How's yeah. it going to go on? His friend is alive, and he is fine. He's just like playing we need for to another play team. Taps. It's so crazy to me. I'm with you. And, like, look, also, <laughs> ah, there, there it is. Wow. Quick on the there trigger. Jack Fritz yeah. with the producing. So, it. unfortunately, yeah. the team can no longer go on <laughs> as we eulogize Jordan Matthews, and no one will recover from this awful, awful news. Uh, the Eagle season was abound to the Super Bowl, but now... Jordan Matthews is gone, and we, and the season can be laid to rest. I've, uh, Carson Wentz is retiring now. I heard he cannot play any longer. Uh, it's just <laughs> like he's a pro. All right, this is the NFL. This happens every day in this league. Like, just you know, chill out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, BLG. Is there any <clears throat> excuse me ramifications from this move at all in terms of the locker room? It's, uh, locker room. Yeah, I mean, like, and and let, let's talk about the third round pick for a moment because. Right. You had mentioned to me even while on our way up here. That's still a pretty significant pick. They've had some pretty good success with that in years past, the Jordan Hicks and so on and so forth. Uh, is that too much in your mind for this? I don't think it's too much, but it is a valuable pick. As you just said, yep. Jordan Hicks was a third-round pick. He's a star linebacker now, at least in my mind. Isaac Samalo is a starting left guard now. Razul Douglas might not be a starter this year. Maybe he'll eventually be one. Either way, he's a, a key component in the cornerback battle and the position. So it's not like a nothing pick. Obviously, the second-round pick is the most valuable pick. And <laughs> it's a bummer, obviously, that the Eagles just don't have a day-two pick next year unless the Eric Rowe trade, you know, that, that works out and that, mm -hmm. that fourth gets bumped up to a third. But uh, I don't think it's too much because, look, would you draft Ron Darby what I was in the say. third? Yep. Instantly. Absolutely. He got drafted in the second. Like, yeah. And he's and he's been pretty good. And his stock, it like theoretically for a redraft that year, what he would probably get if you redrafted that draft, he would it go wouldn't higher. go lower for sure. Certainly, and he, lower, it's a yeah. third, so I think that's fine. Um, you can say the Matthews thing. Look, and going back to how the players, you know, obviously it is a somber thing in the sense of you know he's not he's not dead, but like <laughs> you know everyone's not like us usually. It's right? a yeah. bummer. It's like for sure, and I get that, and it should be. You know, he was well liked in the locker room, worked hard. I get it, but at the same time, players are going to get over it. And it, this isn't the first time this has ever happened. And there's another point I want to make, but you're going to have to come back to me because I can't remember what it was. <laughs> well, it, it will go to Stephen Lee down there in West Palm Beach because I know he's a big Ron Darby fan. What's going on, Stephen? I'm good, man. Not to beat <laughs> a dead horse, but I can't express enough how excited I am about this trade. You know, it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing because to me, more than anything, it's what it represents. It signifies the end of the patchwork free agent. Yes. We're going to go out and try and get it's the best corner point. that money can buy. Um, John, you touched on it the other day, man. We're talking about Patrick Robinson, and it's like Carey, and then Bradley Fletcher, and <laughs> Leotis, and Byron Maxwell, and Namdi. And, yeah, yeah. Namdi. I mean, back to from 96 to 2010, 
our corners were elite the past seven to eight years, it's been embarrassing. And I think that this move just signifies an investment in youth. You're getting a guy that's on his rookie deal. You know, his contract isn't up after this season. I think it's a great investment. And it allows like guys like Razul Douglas and Sidney Jones to kind of grow into their role naturally. Yeah, it takes the pressure off of Razul Douglas for sure. It takes the pressure off of Jalen Mills too. Yes. And it's, everybody, you know. Everybody. And it's it's a, it's a guy. The D-line, like the whole defense, yeah. you know. The D-line, oh, we have to get to the quarterback. Our guys can't. You know, there's so many different things that it that it helps. And, Stephen, the things that I was I was thinking this afternoon is, okay, so we know that, sure, there are some slight deficiencies in his game. Like, nobody's going to be perfect. And I certainly don't think he's going to be a shutdown corner. But then you start to think, okay, when you have a guy that likes to be aggressive, that likes to, you know, try and jump roots and do a lot of that, when you have Malcolm Jenkins, when you have Rodney McLeod being able to take that third of the field, that half of the field, that whatever, to together, then, then you can start feeling point. a little more comfortable with that because they can't do that with Jalen Mills. They can't do that with Patrick Robinson. They're playing off most of the time. They're they're going in there and being like, okay, we're not going to let anybody beat us behind him. And now, now you're you're talking about Malcolm or McLeod being able to freestyle a little bit because they can guarantee that that guy's going to do his job most of the time. Right. And I mean, a lot of people I saw on Twitter were upset with his production last year, but we don't need this guy to come in here and save the world. He just needs to to do his job and things will come to him naturally because this front seven, we talk about it all the time. Like we think that they're going to be a very dominant unit. And, And Ben mentioned it yesterday too, like that extra half second or a second, it matters in the NFL. So if he can hold, if the defensive line can get there and our corners are, again, serviceable, and I think that they're a little bit better than serviceable now, especially looking at next year as well, then we're going to be just fine, guys. Couldn't agree uh, more, Stephen Lee, and that's like, I uh, couldn't spit that out You get so t- excited to talk to Stephen Lee, you can't <laughs> even talk. He's too pretty. That's that's the, that's the problem. <laughs> it, the, and, and also on top of that, I actually think that this is a move that helps the defensive line. You know, like we, we've we've yeah. talked about that for a while. Yeah, sure, it's it's kind of back and forth. But if they can take that extra center or need that extra swim move or whatever, he's going to be able to kind of lock that down for that extra half second, full second, whatever it ends up being. Yeah, well, and, and just think about it. Like, you know, we often, and we talk about this a lot, like take the being human beings part out of it and just think about the, the uniform and the sport. But, you know, if you're a lineman and you know, that your corners can't cover the receivers, that puts extra stress on you. You're trying to do too much. You're trying to do it too hard. It just allows those linemen to have a little bit more confidence that they have that ability to, like you said, use that spin move or do whatever it takes to get there without trying to force it. I agree, James. And I want to bring it back to Jordan Matthews real quick. I remember what I was going to say. Yes. Look, guys, like, this couldn't have been a total shock to the locker room. They didn't extend him. He was going into a contract year. Yep. There was uh, the, every sure possible. rumors were out there. Yeah. Pretty, pretty sure he didn't have tendonitis, too, by the way. And, right, so, like, <laughs> so players might not follow that, everyone, as closely as we do. So maybe, you know, they're not seeing all of that. But come on, like, they know he's in a contract yep. year. The other thing is Carson. Is he going to feel good when the cornerbacks are getting burned? No, he's not. So like, <laughs> so like, he's going to be sad. Jordan yeah. Matthews is gone, but maybe he'll feel better when the the defense isn't getting burned all the time. Yeah, great about Wentz too. I think ultimately that one of the takeaways we can see from this kid is he wants to win. He wants to win desperately. Yes. He's serious and intense about this. Whatever's going to do, you know, make this team the best for his chance to win, he's going to get behind. Yeah, absolutely. And like you know, I, you're exactly right, BLG, because that's. The other thing that I was just laughing about is just like, oh, it's a good thing we held on to Jordan Matthews. Patrick Robinson beat again for the 90th time, <laughs> yeah. and it's 21 to 17. 
and they can't hold on to a lead. So, uh, Scott, Max, hold on. We'll get to you in just a second. It is BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios, this is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. The Eagles have traded the greatest wide receiver ever for just an average quarterback. Cornerback, I should say. They traded Jerry Rice? They did. They traded Jerry Rice. That's how it seems. That's how it seems, Almost, gang. right? Related to Jerry Oh, that's Rice. right. I forgot about that. I didn't think about it until, until I said it, and I was like, oh, yeah. That was all the uh, the different hype, and, and I had the same work ethic, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, this kid, real smart kid from Vanderbilt came around, and look, I'm not here to disparage. I'm just saying, like, whew, boy, some of the some of the counter, I, I, I again, I don't see the downside of any of this other than what BLG pointed out. Sure, if there's somebody in the third round there that like, oh, man, you're going to be disappointed that we can go see. If uh, you didn't trade for Ron Darby, you could have had, you know, T.J. Willingham or something I crazy like that. I love T.J. Willingham. Yeah, that guy great. is terrific. Coming out of Rhode Island State, he's awesome. <laughs> yes. Uh, or Yeah, and, and I get that, and that's where the risk is. But honestly, and more to the point of what we were talking about right before the break, if you thought that holding on to Jordan Matthews is going to improve this team more than a – let me just say this again. A starting cornerback. Your, your best starting cornerback. Yes, your number one. Now, again, it's the same scenario because all the CBs look like they're going to be pretty bad, uh, at least the ones that are are in that starting role right now. So, you know, it's uh, it, it, they absolutely needed to do this. Yeah, you make yourself better in the now. There's no question about it. Like, I'm, I look, I am one of those people who did, did want Jordan Matthews on this team anything to help Carson Wentz this year, and it would have helped the offense. But the downgrade from Jordan Matthews to whatever group of receivers take his targets, ultimately, you know, Aguilar will receive the the most of a bump, but those targets, let's say, get spread around. The difference between that and adding Ronald Darby to this cornerback group is monumental. It's not close. You have made yourself a much better team in the now. And the fact that Darby is under cost control for two years, you made yourself likely a better team in the near future and potentially the long term future. It's 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 like I don't I don't understand this. It's Jordan Matthews, and he wasn't going to be here next <laughs> yes. year. Yeah, yeah, they weren't going to resign him. That's zero always, percent chance. When when we always continue to bring up, listen, there's Timmy Jernigan, there's Alshon Jeffrey, who Harry Roseman three days ago said. The goal is to re-sign our players. Yep. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. There's a reason why Alshon Jeffrey is not practicing. And guess what, gang? doesn't have anything to do with his injury. It's because he's going to get paid. He knows he's going to get paid. And he doesn't want any type of injury interrupting that. And getting back to the Derby trade here, let's go to Scott and Barrington. Oh, yes, brother Scott. What's happening, buddy? J&J Security, my boy. What's happening, man? Scotty! Let's just enjoy listening to you guys and uh want to chime in. Brother James, I'm going to piggyback off what you said. I know Brother um, Mr. Barnes said it too. It's it's going to help us out right now. Number two, it's not like we got the wide receiver back for another receiver. Again, we got something to fill our need. Um, as far as um, Nelson Lagor not giving him a free pass, I heard he's supposed to be better at the slot. Um, I, don't, I don't know. Truth is still... <laughs> Remains to be seen, but fellas, we got a starting cornerback, man. And number three, he's young, like our other receiver. We can they can grow together. It's not like you have a veteran cornerback coming in and they're going to leave next year. So 
these guys, you killed two birds in one stone. Again, you brought a starting cornerback in, and these young guys can have a chance to grow together. Guys, how do you feel about that? There's a chance until next time. Peace, peace. Enjoy your day. Thanks, Scotty. We appreciate it, man. Thanks for holding on because I know he's uh... – Scott works very hard, and he yes. parties very hard, too, but he always makes sure to hold on to, uh, yeah. to kind of call and, in. And, and a lot of times he'll be calling from the hospital he works at, and it's just, you know, he'll he'll have to go. So we're happy Scott was able to hang in uh, there. And, look, I agree with this point. You know, I think we, it's kind of what we've been saying is that this is one of those rare trades where, you know, yes, the third-round pick hurts, but, you know, they have, what, four or three-fourths three right. next year, so that makes it a little bit less of a hit. And, you know, it's just a situation where as much as it's sad to give up Jordan Matthews, you're just you're making your team so much better right now. And you're not you know, you're also adding a piece who could be a legitimate piece of your future. I'm just I'm confused as to why there is really any push. I mean, I can get it if you don't like love, love, love it. But like, I I don't see how anyone can be upset with it. I think the whole issue is goes back to the article that I wrote and the things that I've been saying about Jordan Matthews all offseason long. People just look at those numbers and they're obsessed with the numbers. Like yeah. they're like, you just look at this guy and he produces every year, and you you just know you can count on that every single year. It'll be the same thing. No, guys. Like, and I almost wish Jordan Matthews didn't get traded in some ways because this season you would have seen his production go down, and that's yeah. part of why the Eagles did trade him because they knew he wasn't going to be super useful to them. They have so many options in the slot that they can use: Pumphrey, Sproles. Doug Peterson even said this today. You can use Zach Ertz there. Trey Burton lines up there all the time. I'm not saying all those guys are necessarily better than Matthews, but there's just so there's no shortage of options. And Jordan Matthews isn't this irreplaceable player. I know the production was good, but you have to consider he wasn't efficient. And then, you know, like I saw a tweet from Rube, you know, all due respect to Rube, he's like you know, he, he listed a bunch of the players with oh, this yeah. many stats, yeah. and it's like, come on. Like, I know, like, and they were Hall of Famers and yeah. or, like, the best it wide was, receivers yeah. currently in and the league Rube's right not, now. like, saying they're the same players, but he was just trying to say, look, this guy's numbers are that impressive. It's not, it doesn't, you know, there's no context there. Like, look at Matthew's efficiency numbers. They're not good. I looked at it last year. Jordan Matthews played on the outside. He got 40 targets. He had 20 receptions for 222 yards. That's 11 yards per reception. That would rank like 86th in the NFL out of receivers last year. Like he's he's not an efficient player. The drops are killer. I'm not saying he's a bad player. He's just fine. And for those that like Jordan Matthews, I kind of challenge you to tell me what he's actually good at. Like yeah. I asked that question on Twitter earlier this offseason because I don't know what the answer is. Like he's he's fine at things. I'm not saying he's terrible at everything. He's not a bad player. But what is he actually good at? And adding to that, the point of if you really do like Jordan Matthews and, and he is a good guy, like for him as a person, like he should be happy to go to Buffalo. He is going to get so many more targets and be a, such a bigger part of that offense. If we're just looking at that guy trying to get paid after this season, he's got a lot better chance to increase the money he's going to make in Buffalo than he would have here. Uh, Elliot Shore Parks is going to join us in just a little bit because he has been one of the bigger Jordan Matthews, you know, pro-positive, big mistake type of, yeah. Uh, So we'll get him in a little bit. But I will just say, and off of that with what you're saying, Brandon, here's what I want you to do, guys. I want you to go back through your Twitter feed and and search Jordan Matthews' name and what you tweeted about him this past season. Because I guarantee you there were so many times that you got frustrated, mad, upset about the consistency issue that happened there. And most of the time, when Jordan Matthews, and Brands pointed this out many, many times, those came in, quote, garbage time, you know? And and national guys have pointed that out. I can't remember who said it, but somebody said, man, two years ago, Jordan Matthews was the ultimate garbage time receiver to help me win my fantasy league. That, that's where a lot of those production numbers come from. So 
if you take away, and, and again, it's all subjective because who knows what is and what really is not garbage time, but I'm pretty sure we can all agree on on that. It, it's a lot lower when you take those numbers out. It's for whatever reason, not getting it going while the game is going on. And there's a ton of other different factors of why. It's not just him either. But, you know, quarterback, the defense was bad. The O-line was bad. Whatever you want to say. But he he just wasn't going to live up to what you were going to have to pay him next year. Yeah, I, no question. And then, like, just real quick, I mean, we kill Zach Ertz for the same type of thing. And yet, Jordan Matthews, we don't seem to kill him for that same yeah. type of thing. It's That's crazy. Right. That's right. Let's go to Max in uh, Allentown. Max, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Uh, I'm not doing too well, guys. No? And, you know, no, because, you know, I'm an old-school Eagles fan, and, and we critically think, but it seems today you have the media and you have these fanboys. I don't call them real fans anymore. I call them fanboys because they, they can't see five inches past their own face. <laughs> this whole thing isn't about Jordan Matthews. This is a deeper symptom. It's Howie Roseman, and he hasn't solved this cornerback issue in seven years. And when you chase your bets, and you keep making mistakes and giving up assets, like next year they don't have a second, they don't have a third, you're not going to be able to build a team because the salary cap is in play. And when you have young players that you draft, you're able to overcompensate you know, for bad contracts, and you're able to field a, a team of young players. But, Max, just so you know, I mean, Ron Darby is under control for the next two years, for, and he's making less two than two, two yeah. yeah, for two years. For, for two years, he's like okay. making less than and two million bucks. And you were going to lose Jordan Matthews anyway, so that was a, a asset where you you yeah. know weren't going to get anything from that for the long term. Like I said, you know this whole Jordan Matthews thing—it's bigger than Jordan Matthews. The problem is Howie Roseman not being able to a draft and fill a need, and and look in free agency and sign a guy that's productive. This is just a symptom. Howie Roseman is giving away assets to fill holes. Yeah, but he Jordan also Matthews used, is well, not really well, an asset. Well, and also, I mean, like, yeah, just like we said, Jordan a Matthews throw-in. was a throw-in. But if you're talking about the third-round pick, I mean, yeah. sure, yeah, absolutely. But also, he's used Guys. those assets this year to draft two corners and then trade for another. So that was that was the issue. He's trying to solve that issue. Max, would you draft Ronald Darby in the third round if you had a chance to do that? Uh, no, because he had a good season the first year. You went, nobody really had any tape on him, and he had a horrible season last uh, year. He had uh, 105 uh, quarterback How much rating. did you watch of him last year? I don't watch the Buffalo Bills, but I did my research. And you know what? Everyone loved the Minnesota uh, trade with Herschel Walker. But you're comparing a, that to Herschel. You're comparing what? to Jordan Matthews. Uh, they gave Herschel, up. they gave up an entire draft. <laughs> Max, brother, you probably, I mean, listen, if you listen to us, we're critical of Howie Roseman when it's warranted and yeah. when it definitely we needs to be. We have killed Howie Roseman before. <laughs> we are not Howie Roseman fanboys <laughs> no, at we, all. We, were the, we, got killed. we were like, uh, you're too mean to Howie Roseman has been said be, to us many times. Got to be pretty uh, uh, objective about this. And that's why, that's why right now, uh, we would like to welcome in from NJ.com, the prettiest man probably covering the beat. It is Mr. Elliot Shore Parks joining us. ESP, what's up, buddy? How are you? What's going on? I was going to compliment your radio voice, but after you call me pretty, maybe I'll just hold <laughs> off on uh, on doing that. We can just talk football. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, that sounds good to me. Uh, so what? I know you've been very staunch and, and just uh, been on the hill of this is this is a big mistake and this is a big risk. Why, why is that yeah. in your eyes? A couple reasons. One, I think people are underestimating what Jordan Matthews, A, what he's done here, but B, what he means to the offense. I mean, and I know it's a preseason game, so it's just a small example, but even on Thursday night, you saw three of the four passes went through were caught by Matthews, one for third down, one for fourth down, uh, on a third or fourth down, I mean. And then I like Darby. I like the fact that he's 23. He is the best cornerback on the roster, not that that's saying 
a whole lot. Right. But he wa- he wasn't great last year. And I'm not going to sit here and, you know, pretend that I watch every snap. So I'll take Pro Football, Pro Football Focus for it, a, a site that I trust. And oh, they no, no. Not yeah. you too, Elliot. Oh, not you man. too. My, my question is why well, – right, you don't trust Pro Football Focus, but who watched more Ronald Darby last year, Pro Football Focus or all of us combined? Oh, uh, they did, Obvious, but it's yeah. but it's but it's okay, still so, it's still taking right, someone's so other they're, opinion. And, and they're all. also still their gra- right. I mean, the way they put the grades together, you don't have to agree with their well, process. And Elliot, to they know that they, they watched we, it more. We we watched more Eagles offensive line than anybody else in this room. Would you agree? Yes. Did do you think that the, the Eagles are the number one offensive line in the NFL? Well, I didn't watch a lot of other offensive lines, but I do think <laughs> okay. Eagles' pass protection was better than people give it credit for last year. But my point is this: that that's a subjective ranking. Right. When they just looked at they just looked at targets, catches, and catches out in the in the amount of snaps he played. That's how they got the of where he was last year, and they had him ranked with Nolan Carroll. I would rather have Ronald Darby than Nolan Carroll, obviously, because he's twenty three. But just last year. You know, there's an argument to be made. He was just as good as coverage as Nolan Carroll was, and Eagles fans were excited to see Nolan Carroll leave. Man, I, I so mean, but, but it's, like, an upgrade, a, it, it's, an, it's an upgrade at cornerback, I agree. But my point is, I don't think he's this stud cornerback that everyone thinks he is. He could maybe turn out to be. He was very good as a rookie, but last year he wasn't as good as Eagles fans are making him out. No, but there's not – no one's saying – I don't think there's a lot of people saying Bills stud. Bills defense last year. Like, you have to account for right. that when you – So why did – what, what defense do you think he's coming on to? You're, 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 you you don't think that this front seven – that you don't think that this, this pass rush has the potential to be really good this season? It has the potential to be really good. And last year you saw – last year they were very good for portions of it, but they were also not good for portions of the season. I think that hey, – But they're the much deeper this good. season there. They're, they're deeper at defensive tackle. I would agree with that. I mean, and Derek defensive end. It's a given, yeah. <laughs> Derek Barnett is a rookie. You have no idea what you're going to get out of oh, Derek Barnett. Oh, Elliot, Elliot, then why project anything about anything about any of these players? That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Bosa, oh, Joey Bosa was but a rookie you're, last you're year. Did yeah, the Chargers get anything out of him? All right, well, Joey Bosa was, what, number four overall? Right, but like, I mean, the, but, yeah, but what the but, – yeah, rookie. He was a second pass rusher on the board. Like, rookies here's what I'm saying. rookies right, have contributed before. Like, what, and this... I, yeah, and Derek Barnett could have 10 sacks. I'm not disagreeing. But what I'm saying is for you to already say the defensive line is better than it was last year, if you want to tell me because of Jernigan, a guy who's played and is, I think is probably, well, is definitely a better pass rusher than Benny Logan, then I agree with you. But you can't say definitively the defensive line is going to be better. Sure, it's the opinion. Elliot. It's the preseason. Of course, we we can't say anything definitive about any of this stuff. But like, uh, if uh, so, so what would Jordan Matthews do to the win total if he was still here versus Ron Darby being here? Okay, well, I don't think either really moves the win total. But but what I, what I would say is, I think now with Matthews gone, the receiver position outside of Alshon, I don't want to get into the to the Alshon debate. Oh, but sure you do. If you, <laughs> <laughs> if you take away Alshon. Really, what do they have at receiver that you can feel confident about now that Matthews is gone? Yeah, but the point Dude, is, it's the same thing. It's no, the no, same I didn't feel that, that confident sure. about Matthews either. Is yeah. the point? I don't think Matthews but, is that great a football player. That that's where this is coming from. He is fine. He is a fine receiver in the NFL. He was the Ronald best Darby receiver on a, a bad fine team. Cornerback. He's better and than Ronald that. Darby he's is better a than fine that. Cornerback. Elliot. He's better than that. Like Ronald Darby is better than that. He he was it was his sophomore season. How many times have you seen a guy have a bad second season okay, in the league so on an awful defense where they asked him to do too much? He, so he's been in the league for two years. He was real. He was good for one of them and bad for the other. 
Yeah, That's but there's the also fact. but the, 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 and also the fact is, as we were saying earlier, is that when you throw a lot at a, a sophomore guy that's coming into that second season, be like, okay, we're going to simplify it for your first year. We're going to make it tougher for your second year. So when you throw a lot at the kid and then also have your defense be terrible, and by and the he way, loses his positional coach, none of the staff is there anymore because they all got fired. Like every single one of those things happened. I think that mm-hmm. there's a little bit of context that have to go into those numbers. That's what I'm saying. Right. Like you can't just look yeah, at PFF and, and go, "Oh, well, it says he was as good as Nolan Carroll last year." So what? What? What does it really matter? Right. And I, look, I said I would take Darby over Nolan Carroll. I'm not saying that, but my only point is, you gave up Matthews, who's an important part of the offense. I know none of you are big Matthews guys. But Buff- was Buffalo a- wasn't a Matthews guy. Buffalo, it was a throw-in. As, as Les Bowen was kind of pointing out here, the third round pick was all they really cared of course, about. Well, you could see it with the the Watkins trade as well. They were, you know made that they got another guy who's on a, a going to not be there next year. They just got a replacement guy in EJ Gaines, mm-hmm. and they got a second round pick. They're rebuilding. I, I get the move from Buffalo's perspective. The Rams are really the one where I'm like, what the hell are you doing? But uh, you know, I, I get what Buffalo's doing. But the, they didn't do the trade for Jordan Matthews. They did the trade for the third round pick. Well. I would agree the third-round pick is the most valuable asset in this deal out of the three pieces that were moved. Oh, see, opinion. Ronald Darby, in my opinion, is the most valuable asset in this deal. Yeah, easily. and that's fine. And, I, look, I, I, I see your point about the fact of a 23-year-old young quarterback with only two years remaining on his deal and then also only two years in the league is a valuable commodity. I agree with that. I'm just saying the fact that he didn't play well last year from people who watched him, the fact he didn't play well last year – is concerning to me. That's all I'm saying. And I agree he is their best cornerback, but I don't think he's like – he's not coming in here as an undisputed number number one shutdown cornerback. Would you, you would you agree with as that? As far as like an overall in NFL, NFL look? Yeah. Absolutely not. No, not at all. Okay. Uh, but but in, right. the, in, the, in the same regard, just like we were saying uh, a little bit earlier, is if you have Jordan Matthews here and then it's still Patrick Robinson or Jalen Mills or Razul Douglas – and that's constantly the problem throughout this year. You're not going to look back and go, "Well, I'm really glad we held on to Jordan Matthews." And, and well, wh- I think, but I, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. no, no you, go ahead, Elliot. Well, I was just going to say, but I think that now with Jordan Matthews gone, the receivers have the potential to be a big issue as well. I mean, Alshon, you know, he has not practiced barely at all. He's not playing in games. I do think there's red flags there. Um, I know you say that he's not hurt, but when you talk to players. They don't talk about him as if he's just sitting out. They say when he gets healthy, Alshon's dealing with what he's dealing with. I think he'll play in week one. But my point is, like, outside of Alshon, you have Nelson Aguilar, who I drove the Nelson Aguilar hype train during OT. We, we so, totally all did. Yeah, he yeah. was better than Alshon. <laughs> right. so, so, I, so I'm right. He, he did play better than Alshon in OT mm, in minicamp. So, so I'm not the one. Yeah, it is true. Nope. <laughs> but, I was there. Okay, well, well, all right. Well, he had four touchdown passes catches during team drills. Yeah. I think Alshon had maybe one. All right, we're, we're, we're arguing something that doesn't matter. <laughs> Let's but, move okay, on. Well, right, so, all right, but my point is, even as the driver of the Nelson Aguilar hype train, what happened on Green Bay against Green Bay? The only pass thrown his way. He yeah, we said so the same thing. Absolutely. So, 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 all right, so then answer my question. Outside of Alshon, what is there at receiver that you're confident about going in, that, that you're confident is going to be a, like helpful to Wentz going into next year? Because we can all agree the priority is to develop Wentz and make sure he, he you know, finishes his second season better than he did his first. Matt Collins, Daryl Sproles, Zach Hurts, Trey Burton, uh, Marcus Johnson, uh, <laughs> Donnell Pumphrey. Johnson, come on, man. I like, I like Marcus Johnson. Greg Ward. Johnson, all those guys are – I'm saying Marcus, all those guys are Greg options. Like options. Yeah, I think the bigger point, ESP, that you're, you're kind of not acknowledging, first of all, the, the – 
the best player Ronald Darby can be at his position is a significantly better player than the best player Jordan Matthews can be at his position. But more so, I'll, I'll more agree so, with you on that. Continue. I'll agree and with you on that. But. More so, like, it, wouldn't you agree that they, the Eagles, were not going to resign Jordan Matthews no matter what? So, what is the point yeah. of keeping him here? And I, I see that point. And obviously, part of my opinion on this is the fact that I disagree with the Eagles' evaluation of that. Now, I see your point of once you decide you're not going to keep Jordan Matthews then I can see why, why you would move him. But my argument would be that because of all the uncertainty you have at receiver outside of Alshon, it, holding on to Jordan Matthews for this year, I think would have helped Carson Wentz and would have made this offense better. All right, so well, I think well, from, that, from that point of view, I think that's why. And they also give up the third-round pick, which I think does factor into this not being a good move. Well, I tell you what, we will wrestle it out in the media room tomorrow this morning. This was fun. And, and I, we appreciate thanks for coming. bringing it, Elliot. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, this is a lot of fun, yeah, buddy. No we appreciate you coming no on. Elliot Shore, ParksNJ.com. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. <laughs> Uh, and uh, so round one is over, and maybe we'll have uh, the. <laughs> we need that. We need our the battle uh, continuing. Our ring the bell, bell there. Uh, Dan and Jim, hang on real tight. We will get to your phone calls. We'll break it down a little more. It's BGN Radio, Sports Radio ninety four WIP. To announce the Philadelphia Eagles selection, please welcome from North Carolina State University the twentieth overall pick of the nineteen eighty two draft by the it's Eagles, wide receiver Mike Quick. With the 42nd pick come in the 2014 way, NFL Draft, from where we I'm happy to announce the Eagles select Jordan Matthews, wide receiver, Vanderbilt. How cool that the latest wide receiver should be. <laughs> well done, Jack Fritz. Well done. Uh, hopefully Jordan Matthews can enjoy the Skittles and the Applebee's in the Buffalo landscape. Unfortunately, he's no longer with us. I always I wonder if someone had that ready, expecting it. You know, like a lot of people like uh, write, like if you write obituaries, you're like write obituaries for people who might die. <laughs> I feel like that's the kind of thing where they were like just waiting for the trade to happen. It's like, yeah, let's yeah, go. Jack had that go. ready to go. It is BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. John Barcher, James Seltzer, Brandon Lee Gout. No way you can find us all uh, under those monikers on the Twitter.com and uh, also on uh, our podcast at BGN underscore. Radio. So, aren't you just Brandon Gouton? Well, on yeah, Twitter? minus the Lee. But minus if you Lee search though. Brandon Lee Gouton, he's going to ah, pop a good up. Point. Good point. Look for the eagle and look for the check mark, and you found the right <laughs> one. So let's go to Dan in Pottstown. Dan, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Um, I just want to say this. Um, I feel as though Jordan Matthews. Don't get me wrong. I feel like he's an elite receiver in his right. league by any stretch of the imagination. This kid's been the most consistent player on his team on his offense. He's been on his team. Okay, he's had numerous quarterbacks every year. He's had a, pretty much had a new quarterback throwing the ball to him. His numbers have not fell off at all. And everybody calls him a, a slot receiver. And you compare his stats and his numbers, whether you call them garbage yards or not, whatever you want to. Garbage time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, whatever you want to refer it to. He has upper echelon, upper elite numbers for slot receivers. He's. This kid, this kid, and that's all he's ever going to be. I don't feel like he has a, a high ceiling or anything. And I'm not even mad about the trade because we desperately needed something in this quarterback, on this quarterback, uh, or on his team to, to, for us to compete this year. So I'm not saying he's expendable or you know nothing like that. But he's definitely a loss to this team, man. And I feel like even last year he was the best. Wide receiver on a sucky wide receiving core. I, I agree with that. But people's putting uh, 
Nelson Aguilar in the preseason uh, football Hall of Fame. And, uh, <laughs> I don't think people know, were doing that though. He, like, he, what he, else? What else can you say when he's making good plays? You know, like what are you supposed? Well, he's well, he's making good plays, but we all know what's going to happen. Like that would be. No, we could say what Allen Iverson said. <laughs> we talking about just practice. practice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're talking about practice here. He does it every year. I seen him make the best. Listen, I seen Nelson Aguilar make one of the best receiving catches in the history of football, in my opinion. With, with Tim Tebow. Mark Sanchez. Yeah, Mark Sanchez. Sanchez. I know it was Mark but Sanchez. Was pretty much the same it thing. Was great, it was a great play. It was a great play. Yeah, it, was great. It, was, it was in preseason. Yeah. And then what did he do for the rest of the year? Oh, yeah, nothing. He, he had one big He had one big catch, I think, against Washington, and that was pretty Yeah, it was the long touchdown he yeah. had. The one, like, listen, yeah. Dan, 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 I love you, and I, and I appreciate your call. I, I get where he's coming from, but this isn't a Jordan Matthews versus Nelson Aguilar, who would you rather keep in the slot yeah. debate? It's Jordan Matthews versus six other guys versus having a, start, a starting corner versus what were you going to say if he had the same year as the past couple of years and also with Alsh or no, it, it would almost be, be an impossible for him to get those numbers again because of all the different things that are here. So what are you saying when he doesn't have anything and, and be like, man, they should have traded Jordan Matthews. He only had <laughs> 700 yards or whatever. It's not just that he has these numbers to me. At that point, my question to you is, how is he getting those numbers? Is it because he has some elite skill? Is he some awesome, is he really good at, you know, route? Is there some kind of very good thing about him that allows him to get these numbers? Or is it more of a situational thing where, which obviously I feel it is, where he's playing in an offense where they're running the most plays in the NFL at a breakneck pace every year. That was under Chip Kelly. It was so obvious. All of a sudden, also in that t- same time frame, he's the only viable wide receiver target on a bad team. So he's going to get a ton of targets. In that sense, he's going to get a bunch of t- uh, catches and yards and and touchdowns. All of those things are going to come. And then we already talked about it there a little bit with the garbage time. Look, I know it's a very subjective thing. There's no precise method to it. But I went back. We and we, we at it. know. We know. <laughs> and nine touchdowns. Think we about know. that. Nine. He has nineteen career touchdowns. Nine of them, I think, in my definition, were in garbage time. That's almost fifty percent of his touchdowns. Yeah, and I I think also just really quickly the the, the just watch him play. Like there, like you said, there's nothing special about the guy and and whether it's the the play in the end zone where he couldn't get the feet down whether it's the inability to adjust on that one uh, on the Wentz throw in the Giants game like there we just see these things where you could see his physical limitations his limitations as a receiver playing out in front of you he's a nice player that's it listen we've all watched Kelvin Benjamin okay we all know and listen I might have might, might have been a bigger fan than most most people in this room. <laughs> I think his actual name is Fat Kevin Benjamin Kelvin right Benjamin. now. It's official. So. Listen, that guy's 90 pounds, overweight, still catches the football, does does all these things. I mean, it, it, we know what garbage time is because he is exactly that. He was that for 2 years still two and a half like he led you just know like if you and if you played fantasy at yes. all you know in garbage time yes. you know when that's coming. And look, I understand that like some of it goes the, the complete opposite way when we're having these discussions like, oh, Jordan Matthews was trash and da da da. No, he wasn't trash. He was he was far from that. But at the same time, like even for a slot guy and even for a guy that you wanted to have, like as as he was as uh, Dan was saying there, an elite slot wide receiver, he wasn't even close to that. No, he's not. He's not Anquan Bolden, which oddly enough they're on the same team along with Zay Jones. Yeah. What the hell are they going to do up in Buffalo? That's they have three point. slot receivers. That are going, and I see a lot of Buffalo fans going. Oh, yeah, this wide receiving core is a lot better than it was last year. 
Let me tell you guys, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. You have two guys on a one-year deal that play the same position as the as the rookie you had. So, unfortunately, uh, I'm going to have to declare the Eagles the winner in this one already. Like, I just, I just feel like, you know, sure, we don't know the fe- we don't know what's going to happen in 2018 with the draft, and uh, there could be an absolute stud that they miss out on, and everybody gets upset over it. But for the time being, I'm confident enough. I've seen enough of Darby's tape, more so in college and part of his first year. I, I haven't watched every Buffalo Bills game. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you like I've, I've watched the sophomore slump. But now we get an opportunity to go back and take a look and see where those holes are in his game. Let's go to Jim in West Effort. Jim, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I don't want to disparage uh, Matthews or anything, but here's mm-hmm. the thing. Those numbers Matthews got was because he was the number one receiver. Yep, this exactly. year he would be the number three receiver, and maybe three A or three yeah, B, depending on what yeah, happens there. Yeah, so I mean, I mean it, it's not like you're going to lose those numbers because Jeffrey and and Smith are going to do it. Mm-hmm. Second of all, everybody keeps saying all we have is Aguilar to replace. I don't buy that. I don't buy that for a second. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at Hollins, Treggs, and Marcus Johnson. I've seen them all play college ball. Every one of them is probably as even with Aguilar. Oh man, I don't I'll tell you, think and he's Jim, that much. Jim, I tell you what, and, the, the 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 battle for slot receiver is actually way more interesting than talking about Nelson Aguilar because although oh, yeah. although although. <laughs> <laughs> that Elliot will disagree with me. I think that there's a race between Aguilar, Greg Ward, and Bryce Treggs for that sixth spot there. I think Marcus Johnson absolutely makes this team. Wait, now. you're saying Aguilar? You but don't. Like, you're, you're you're not. Aguilar's making this team. No, I'm. Yes. Yeah, but I'm saying yeah, in, ter- Agu- in terms the team. in terms of snaps and, and how the season pros you know I, goes I, out. I, I think saw Marcus Johnson play college football. Marcus Johnson at Texas played slot. Marcus Johnson is a strong guy. His yard, Pretty sure he played the outside. I don't though, think he played the slot. <laughs> and, and, and Jim, I, and we appreciate the phone call. He's been playing nothing but the outside. Yeah. And guess what? So is Matt Collins. Matt Collins can play in. They want him out, though. Like, I think he's oh, the yeah. rotation guy for Torrey Smith. I really do. Yeah, Because it, that's that's your speed, and then you can flop for Johnson when Alshon goes out and all that stuff. And I think Treggs, I mean, he can play in the slot a little bit, but I think he's probably more suited for the outside as well. Absolutely. Let's go to Pete in L.A. Pete, what's going on, buddy? How are you? What's going on? Yo, Pete. <laughs> Selfie. You got to let Selfie talk a little bit. Let him roll. Let him roll. What up, baby? How you doing, Pete? Big, just let him go. Um, all right. So, obviously, I'm completely on board with the trade. It was a need, flat out. Did you want to really go as an Eagle fan and have the cornerbacks that we had no, I didn't, Pete. No. I, I, absolutely. Uh, who cares? I don't care if we traded Jerry Rice. Well, I would have cared if we traded Rice. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Well, they traded his cousin instead. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but um, my one, so now that we've a little bit, you know, abbreviated our concern with the cornerbacks, do you guys have any concern with Jason Kelsey? Well, that's a great question, Pete. I think we've all talked a lot about that position. And, uh, you know, there have been times where we weren't sure Kelsey would still be here right now at this point. Um, yeah, I think you have to have concerns after watching how he played last season, that the issues obviously with the size, this scheme, the snaps. 
yeah, there's real issues with Kelsey, especially considering the the amount of you know talent behind him that that could play that role. And Pete, I got to tell you, I think that you know somehow the fan base tricked itself into Jason Kelsey being fine or being okay or being good, and you know he's he's out there losing ten pounds a day in training camp because of sweating and things like that, and he can't lose those things. So yeah, it's I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I think there's going to be a short leash on that scenario. You guys are uh, making my day happy, and I love you. And love you too, Pete. East. Thanks, That's Pete. Right. We love you too, man. Bye-bye. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah, hopefully enjoying the. Uh... Pete's always enjoying. He yeah. calls the midday show a lot. Pete's the man. <laughs> Great caller, always having fun, always uh, enjoying. We'll say. Todd, Ronnie, Chris, one. Hang on the line. Uh, we're gonna get uh, more into this. Just one last segment before we go. It's BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio ninety four WIP. That's right, baby. The Seminoles are coming in to Philadelphia. There's three of them now on a national championship team, and they're all Eagles. Terrence Brooks, Timmy Jernigan, now Rondell Darby. So, uh, although it's uh, in uh, no offense to uh, Stephen Lee, who called earlier, most of FSU Twitter, y'all are terrible, man. That is one of the worst fan bases on the planet. There's only like certain sections that are really cool. But for the most part, FSU Twitter, the worst in college football. I think we can all agree with that. Uh, And speaking of not agreeing, let's go to Chris uh, real quick. I don't think he agrees with us. Chris, what's going on, buddy? Hey, how you doing, fellas? Great show. Thanks thanks for taking the call. You got it, man. All right, so we're talking cornerbacks here. Um, I think the point we're missing is – Talent is talent, but a lot of it's got to do with the coaching staff. We lost one of our cornerbacks to the Patriots. They ended up winning their Super Bowl. And, you know, until we really get this new coach locked in, we're how to train these quarterbacks to find the ball and knock it down and, and you know, that kind of stuff, we're still going to get burnt. Aaron Rodgers would have picked us apart the other night. Well, that's what, that's what Darby does. I mean, honestly, that's 33 pass breakups in the last two years. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> Do you guys feel comfortable with the new coach for the defensive quarterbacks? Uh, Corey Unley? Corey Unley's not new, but yeah, yeah sure. I mean, he hasn't been, he hasn't had much to work with. It's hard to really grade him. He was loved, like beloved in Denver. I feel like, you know, there's upside here. Yeah, because, you know, there was talk like these guys were, were told not to look back and, and look at the ball. I mean, they're just to look at the No, I, don't, I, I think they just were work. not very talented. I think that was part Chris. of it, and we appreciate the call, Chris, uh, that – I wonder, Bradley was... Fletcher just sucked, and he didn't get a chance to turn yeah. around because he wasn't good enough was... to turn around in time. And for some reason, I can't remember the DB coach that was in here before Corey Unlin because it came in. Uh... John Love it. Love oh, it. That? Oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. John okay. Love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was awful. So yeah, and like the defensive coordinator, the different schemes, different yeah, whatever. Like... I mean, he's gone from a three-four now back to a four-three, and, and remained on the staff. And yeah. you know, I I I still had my kind of reservations with the whole Eric Rowe thing. I'm like, yo, yeah, man, too, yeah. if you can't like. Coach this dude, then why are you here? But people you know, like him. And also, just again, huge Eric Rowe lover. Me, this me guy, too. John Barcher, James Seltzer, love Eric Rowe. He, he didn't do a lot to contribute to the Super Bowl win. Okay, you know, I mean, we can, we can, we but can. John, be about he that. went there and then they won the Super Bowl. How else do you explain? That? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Patrick Chung, uh, <laughs> Hall of Famer. You know, stuff like that. Let's go to Juan, and I think it's the right one in uh, Rio Grande. What's the going right on, buddy? Juan, that was good. Hey, what's up, guys? How y'all doing? Good, Whoa. man. Whoa. What's hey, up, buddy? Hey, 
I've always been trying to call in, but usually on Saturdays, I usually work, and this is like the first time I have a late shift, so I was able to call in and Beautiful. finally get That's to talk awesome. to my boys. How you guys doing? Now, nice, man. now we can, in, man. can totally put the voice to the face now, yes. man. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm, hey, James, James. Yes, question. Juan. How'd you survive that dry wedding, bro? <laughs> <laughs> it was tough, man. I'll just say it was tough. Yeah. I'm here now. Yeah, for those that don't know, James went on the, probably the worst epic adventure of a, <laughs> of a dry wedding. And you can subscribe to that podcast on our Patreon, patreon.com slash BGN Radio. So, yeah, what what do you feel about the uh, the trade here, Juan? Um, I mean, I, I'm okay with the trade. The only thing that um, I kind of disagree with, like, a lot of people saying, like, there's uncertainty with, like, the wide receiver court now. I think you can kind of say the same thing. Let's say, like, Jordan Matthews was still here, and he was, like, the one uh, leading the crew. Let's say Alshon wasn't here, Torrey wasn't here. I mean, you can still say there's a lot of uncertainty because he was he's still on a one-year deal. So, I mean, there's certainly both ways that you look at it, whether um, Alshon's here or where J-Matt is here. And then when people are saying that um, they're basing everything on PFF regarding um, Darby, we I won't mean, mention any names, but his name is Elliot George Parks. <laughs> yeah, that's like, you got to watch the film. You can't just base it solely on the tweet that PFF puts out. Well, yeah, so, and and, I mean, look, like, and the thing with that one is, I don't mind. I don't mind the PFF. I have no problem with it. I just have a problem with how people use that. If you want to look at PFF grades, which you can no longer do really anymore, but you can you can see where they right. kind of ranked, and also. See the games that they graded, the good ones, the, the bad right. ones, and then judge for yourself off of that and be like, actually, I, you know, I slightly disagree with this or slightly disagree with that, et cetera, et cetera. But, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, Juan. Yeah, I, I mean, just my, my own personal feeling on it, like where I kind of like worry about the trees is that it's pretty much a third-round pick. I mean, you don't want to have, like, no picks on the second day of the draft. If there's a way to recoup it, that, then I'll be totally fine with it. Yeah, it's going to be really boring. Uh, well, one, if that's true, if the if – Jerry Jones steals the draft. They haven't announced it yet, but if they're down in Dallas, you better oh. be ready, man, because we're going to be down there. Yeah, uh, buddy. Brandon's hey. not excited, but we are. I, I just <laughs> thought about something. If they don't have that second or third round pick, they're not going to have the Eagles player be able to on, to be on stage. Oh, that's pick right. Like they had this past year at Dallas. We need oh, that to happen. Oh, yeah, we down. need that to happen. Hey. Hey, they will. I'll run on stage now. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Juan, we appreciate it, buddy. Thanks so much for calling in, man. Who's hey. our... Who- Thanks, Juan. Yeah. Who's our Drew Pearson? Who would we have do that? Mike Quick or, or Dawkins? Dawkins. Yeah. It's Dawkins. Yeah. Dawkins going to be like, mm. <laughs> listen, Hallelujah! <laughs> you know, that just goes on there. Yeah. You Dude. feel you feel all these frauds in that doggone heart of yours? Yes. <laughs> all you frauds. Uh, uh, I wouldn't have played for the Cowboys the way, if they had paid me the most money in the world. No matter what day it is, we somehow have a Dawkins fantasy on this uh, radio program. So uh, let's go to Todd <laughs> in South Philly. Todd, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Jason Kelsey for fullback 2018. Yes! It's back! It's back! I'm telling oh, no. you, man. You and I, same page. I'm serious. Todd, I'm happy you found back. a person who will agree with you on this. I didn't think it was possible. <laughs> Dude, he can so do it. He can't play center. He's too small, but he's the right size to go out there and play fullback. Listen, right, that's Todd, not what I, I call when we're, when we're t- but real quick, though, if we're talking about short leash at center and there's two guys that can take over his spot and Jason Kelsey has to stay on this roster and they can't find a trading partner, LeGarrette Blunt and a Jason Kelsey backfield <laughs> sounds pretty good in third and one, fourth and one, and fourth and two. I'm with you, man. I agree. I, I, you know, I feel like I'm very good at seeing things that should happen. For example, <laughs> I've been saying since last year, Vince Velasquez needs to be a closer. And See? I was like, nah, 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 he's a starter. And last year, I said, Vince Velasquez is going to be a closer. 
and he's he's headed that way still. All right, and there it is. Yes. So I want to talk about Jordan Matthews, and I do think we got good value for him with Ronald Darby, but I wanted to know if you guys think him leaving is going to impede or slow down Carson Wentz's development at all, because that's been his go-to guy, one of his best friends on the roster, who helps him study, go through things, and I feel like his safety blanket's gone now, and Carson's a good quarterback and a smart dude. I think he'll be fine but I do think it might slow down his development a little bit. I just wanted to hear what you guys thought about that. Okay, so Todd, I kind of have a complicated answer for it. Here it is. No. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. Because the safety blanket now becomes Zach Ertz. The other safety blankets, you know, become uh, a Trey Burden or Sproles or whatever is going to be in that dump down. Listen, they drafted and signed four wide receivers to try and replace one guy. Jordan Matthews, mm-hmm. that's the only one that they jettisoned. There's UDFAs. There's everybody else that's on this football team. Yes, sure, we can have the debate on who's going to be better in between all of those guys, but the, the writing was on the wall for all of this. And again, it's Carson Wentz's second year, not his 10th, and it's not Jordan Matthews' 10th year. They're going to be fine. You know, there's, there's okay. not, not going to – talent will always overweigh chemistry. That is such an overused thing. It's like, well, if Alshon Jeffrey's not on the field and not practicing, how are you supposed to gain chemistry? Because he's really good at football. <laughs> because he's, <laughs> he's so much better than everybody catch. else on the field. I think they're going to be fine, Todd. Awesome. Also, last thing, and then I'll let you guys go. Trey Sullivan, I believe that's his name, hit <laughs> on the Packers oh wide receiver. Holy Crap. Yeah, I saw uh, Dawkins for a second. Nothing <laughs> there. there he is I again. Think. There he is. Brian Dawkins it's always coming. Perfect. Listen, yeah, that's all. I mean, if you watched any of the tape, but that's all he did. Yeah, that's that's his game. So, and it was a legal hit too. Yeah, it was. It, right. it was, and I'm glad that everybody. I'm glad Dupree was okay out of that. And uh, uh, I think that's just going to wrap it up. So we got uh, Rob and Intent uh, coming in in just a little bit. Uh, for John Barchard, which is me, James Seltzer, Brandon Lee. Gunn. I love when you do that. I, uh, I always <laughs> it's an appendix. It's punt, for yourself too. It's you for know? me. Uh, but uh, it's been BGN Radio. It's been a lot of fun, and it's been right here on Sports Radio ninety four WIP.